This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Patrick Allen and Matt Verderam. All right, welcome into the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. He is back, ladies and gentlemen, Matt Verderam, as I mentioned last week. Gave him the week off. The man was the man was getting a little bleary eyed there with the NFL free agency coverage, not sleeping. And when I say off, I mean he was off on the podcast. I'm sure he worked the entire day because it was in the thick of it. Verderam, welcome back. I know the 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 addicts are really you know fired up to hear what you think about the Chiefs free agency so far. They had to listen to me ramble on for 20 minutes last week. So welcome back. How how are you holding up? I'm okay. I am tired. I'm getting less tired as the week's gone on here. Kind of, kind of getting a slow week, which has been really nice. But yes, last week, between free agency, wrote a piece on Joe Tooney that went up on Monday. Um, did a draft diary on Charles Snowden, uh, linebacker out of Virginia, uh, and then just a column and the other podcast. And yeah, it was busy. Um, there was a lot going on, uh, and I was out of pocket for when we normally do the podcast. But no, I'm. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I'm I'm not going to lie from a professional standpoint. I'm glad free agency has died down, but from a fan standpoint, I always enjoy free agency a lot. So I think it was fun. It was interesting. And I know a lot of chief fans are vacillating between like, Hey, it's cool. We've got the back-to-back Super Bowls, And then also like, this is the worst week of my entire life because we didn't <laughs> sign four guys. So yeah, um, we're here to talk about it. Yeah. We're going to get into it. And, and one quick announcement, um, as you all know, if you listen to this podcast, Matt's got his national NFL podcast on fanside.com, Stacking the Box. Excellent content. There's been an addition to that podcast recently, a new show on the Stacking the Box feed that I think is just tremendous for NFL fans. You want to fill the listeners in on what they can expect? Yeah. So we have the Matt Lombardo show now, which is on there. He'll be, uh, Matt will be doing it once a week during the offseason. Um, he got Matt Chatham on talk about the Patriots in his first show. He was a great guest. He'll have a lot more guests coming on. Like Matt's a really, really, uh, he's a great guy. He's a, he's a really good insider. Um, and I don't just say that cause we share a, a great first name, but really, um, <laughs> look, Lombardo's a, a really good dude. Uh, I encourage anybody to go over there and listen from a national perspective. He was a Giants beat writer for a while. Um, he's, he's got a lot of sources in the league. And he really brings a different perspective. So I, I'm looking really forward to seeing how that jives. But yeah, if you subscribe to Stacking the Box, you're not only going to get the podcast that myself and Mark Carmen are on, 
you're going to get the Matt Lombardo show as well. So you're going to be plugged in with all kinds of national news, and then you can come here, of course, for all your Chiefs news. You're really just we're building a fan-sided NFL empire here, man. I mean, Stagging the Box already a great podcast, getting Lombardo involved now, the column. I, it's just I'm consistently impressed with the content that you and the team continue to churn out over at fansided.com. Uh, it's just uh, it's just really exciting to see it how it's developed over the years. Thanks. It's been fun. It's been fun. I, I honestly think our content's better than it's ever been. Um, we, we have so much on the written side. Like I said, I mean, just this past week, um, if you enjoy Stacking the Box, uh, the podcast, you'll hopefully really enjoy the column. If you enjoy hearing me on here, you'll hopefully really enjoy the column. Um, it goes up every Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern. And then, yeah, on top of that, uh, we have a draft diary that we're doing this year. It's five-part series. Charles Snowden, the Virginia linebacker, really one of the nicest people I've ever interviewed. I, and that's not hyperbole. I mean, just a phenomenally nice, bright young man. Um, he's projected to be a, around a third or fourth round pick. And he, yeah, he's, he's a fascinating young kid. So uh, follow that there. And then, yeah, we just have a ton of stuff. And of course, during the season, my God, we have so much stuff. I, I, I couldn't even begin to get into it. But right now, Matt Lombardo writes a column every week between the hash marks, goes up on Wednesdays. It's excellent. And we have Mike Tenier's Inside the Draft, uh, which is just what it sounds like, just really insider information on the NFL draft goes up on Tuesday mornings. And I will tell you, as someone who has to edit these columns as well, nobody makes me laugh more than Mike Tenier. Mike Tenier is a brilliant writer, and he is hilarious, like absolutely laugh out loud funny. Uh, So please, really, if you're an NFL fan, even if you're just like, oh, I'm a Chiefs fan. Yeah, but if you're if you're a Chiefs fan, this this helps you to keep up on the entire rest of the league and lets you know where the Chiefs stand, which is about what we're going to do now as we talk about free agency in its totality. Yeah, absolutely. First, I want to get to two reviews we got. You guys are the best. You keep heading over to Apple Podcasts. You keep hooking us up. Um, this one, uh, I believe, this one came from. You know, I'm an idiot, and I didn't, uh, I didn't, I didn't put the names in here. Give me one second. Uh, but this one, I believe, came from our guy, Clint McKenzie, who we can always count on for a we good need review hire. and a, and a question. No <laughs> right? one is I mean, my God. Podcast, including us yeah. and Clint. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Clint, Clint came in and said, uh, uh, my favorite podcast, the finest podcast in the Chiefs kingdom has gotten even better with the additions of Matt and Sterling. Your four hosts are the best in the business, and you cannot afford to miss a single episode. Uh, love it. Um, and then this one, this other review here, uh, came from, uh, Joshua lemon 14. He says, feeding our addiction without shame. Thank you first to Patrick Mahomes, the second for finally making me care about the NFL being a TTU alumni. I naturally followed Mahomes' career. I've moved too much. I moved too much growing up and have, and, and didn't have a team that I felt was my, felt was mine. I liked the KC Chiefs, Mahomes' first season, liked them more his second season, and became a full fledged addict in the third season. We love to hear that. Because of content like this show, I've become obsessed. I'd still be a fan of Mahomes. Uh, I'll still be a fan after Mahomes has hung them up, which hopefully won't be for about 30 years. Uh, it's, the, it's the passion from the fan base, the integrity of the organization, and, and this podcast. That brings nothing but joy and great content every time. Thanks, guys. Uh, that was that was awesome. That was a great Thank review. That. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then this one. Let me pull up this second question here. Um, yeah, this one came from Apple. I think this might have been. I think this might have been Clint. I don't have it up. I'm sorry, guys. Um, oh yeah, it, this one's from Clint. This is a question from Clint. So he had two reviews because the man is. 
uh, as Rotterdam said, he's our he's our PR guy. Um, and great great headline on this one. Toonie every week. Yeah, it was bad. I don't care. I'm old. Let's uh, so I get a pass. <clears throat> Said your podcast improves with every installment. You don't just get Chiefs news that you can get anywhere. You get Chiefs insight from the hosts on the subject and their subject matter experts. There are also they're also fans, so there's a serious passion there. It's infectious. Also, you have fun when you listen. Come to come for the Chiefs news. Stay for the food rankings. Absolutely. Uh, his question for us, Matt, was: uh, <clears throat> I have a question for you. If Watkins heads to Baltimore. How long do you think it will take fickle and inscrutable Chiefs fans to start bemoaning his departure? I'm setting the over under at five minutes, as always. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I would probably take the under because that's just the way fans are, not just Chief fans, but all fans. Like they're always going to say, Oh, we had that guy, we let him go. You know, and you will get the handful of Chief fans, and maybe even more than a handful, maybe I'm underestimating it, who will say, Ah, ha, ha, Baltimore, enjoy it. He's going to play eight games. Right. I mean, that's. There's going to be that that crowd too. My personal opinion, whether he goes to Baltimore or Indianapolis, which he also visited, um, Sammy Watkins is good when he's healthy. The problem with Sammy Watkins is he's not often healthy. And I think the Chiefs found that out over the last three years. When Sammy Watkins played, the Chiefs were inarguably better. The problem is that far too often he's not on the field. So it's hard to make a big investment in him. And I, I think you're probably looking at a one-year deal no matter where he goes. And – he, he could have a thousand yards. Like it wouldn't shock me, right? But it also wouldn't shock me if he played five games, and that's the problem. And that's the obvious, obvious pattern of Sammy Watkins. Say what you want about the man's availability and injury history. I'll never forget him smoking Richard Sherman on that key drive yeah. in the Super Bowl. That's, that's all I want to remember about Sammy Watkins. That man can have a, a seat at my dinner table anytime he wants for the rest of his life. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, Real quick, it's just going to give everybody a quick update on where we're at with the offseason. Uh, April 19th, teams with uh, returning head coaches can begin offseason workouts. April 23rd is the deadline for restricted three agents to sign their offer sheets. And April 29th through May 1st is the 2021 NFL draft. So buckle up. Free agency slowing down a little bit. There's still some people out there. Moves will be made. Trades will start to happen. Now teams are going to kind of regroup and see where they're at and start planning their strategy for the next few weeks and and for the draft so it's gonna things are gonna get interesting just i think they're gonna get a little bit more cerebral a little bit more tactical in the in the decisions that are made so buckle up for that and before we get into our main discussion i have to tell you that the arrowhead attic podcast is brought to you by manscaped uh it is the best in men's below the waist grooming. You know this. You've heard us talk about this. You know that I'm a subscriber to Manscaped, have been since before they started supporting this podcast. And and thanks to your support, you Arrowhead Addicts, th- they re-upped for another month. So we got another month of Manscaped because you guys, one of you even left a review, God bless you, that you went and you bought Manscaped and you let us know. They love seeing stuff like that. Trust me. Uh, that means that they know that we've got an engaged audience here. And 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 I can't tell you how much we appreciate it because it, it means we can keep doing the show. It means we can keep up in the ante, like bringing you new new hosts and and maybe when it's safe, live events and those types of things. Like You better believe Vertoram and I want to toss the football around with some of you guys in the parking lot at Arrowhead 
if we get to host a tailgate or something next season. So um, your support of the podcast means the world to us. And Manscaped's really cool. Um, they, they, they've got the precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Um, and, 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 and really, the, the Razor's great. It's the Lawnmower 3.0. It's got a ceramic blade, which, as I always tell you guys, I don't know exactly what that means, but I know it doesn't cut me when I use it, and that's important. And definitely check out the Crop Preserver. Keeps you dry and smelling fresh down there. You put deodorant under your arms. Why wouldn't you put it everywhere else? You can start to smell. We got a code for you. If you want to keep supporting the show, you want to buy more Manscaped products, or if you haven't had a chance to yet, Fansided20. That's Fansided20. It's going to get you 20% off plus free shipping with that code fansided20, manscaped.com. Support the Arrowhead Addict podcast. Look, don't buy anything you don't want to buy, all right? And, and we're going to keep getting you sponsors in here for other things you might might want to buy. But if, if you're interested in this product, now's the time to do it because you, it's like donating to the show. It's like it's like sending Verderam and I a box of Girl Scout cookies, basically. That's right. Right? That's, That's right. how much it means to us. <laughs> it's okay. All right. Manscaped.com. Fansided 20, 20% off free shipping. Thank you guys for your support. All right. Let's get back into the Chiefs talk. Free agency. Y'all, y'all haven't, if you haven't been listening to Sagging the Box, you don't know what Verderam thinks about all these moves. So we're going to catch up with Verderam on the very, on the specifics of the Tooney sign, Kyle Long, Trent Williams, Whiff, all that stuff. But first, I want to get into our main discussion, just holistically, free agency. I think a lot of Chiefs fans, because of the Super Bowl loss, and then after seeing Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz get cut, I think they were like, ah, Veach is going scorched earth. He's going to go into free agency. He's going to sign everybody. We're going to overhaul this thing. We're all still stinging from the loss in the Super Bowl, obviously. But Verderam, Chiefs fans are really like annoyed. I, I think that's the kind way to put it at Brett Veach right now. Uh, mad. Not everybody. There's a lot of cool heads out there. I like to think of myself as a cool head. I want to know what you think. Does Brett does Brett Veach deserve all the smoke he's getting for not signing a bunch of players, which it seems like a lot of Chiefs fans just expect like 10 signings? I, I don't think he gets the credit that he deserves. And by he, yes, Brett Veach certainly is at the top of the list. He's a jam of the team, but also Brant Tillis, guys like that who, who work the cap or instrumental in the front office. They've gone to three straight AFC title games. They've hosted three straight AFC title games. Brett Veach is literally the only general manager in NFL history who can say that. He's it. That's He's the entire yeah. list. They've gone to two straight Super Bowls, another short list of jams who can say that, and they won one of them. I understand the people who say, hey, John Dorsey was instrumental in building this team. Okay, Brett Veach was there as his right-hand man throughout that whole thing. And by the way, Brett Veach basically built that entire defense. And yeah, look, I get it's not the 85 Bears. It's a lot better than what he took over. That defense, when he took it over, was old. It was bad. Okay, All you have to do is go back and look at the first year Brett was there when he took that team. That that defense was abominable. And when they signed Tyron Matthew... It's easy as hindsight to look back and just go, yeah, well, of course they signed Tyron. Tyron Matthew was a guy who was on his third year, third team in three years when they signed him. There was a lot of people who were pissed that they didn't sign Landon Collins instead of Tyron Matthew, or even some people who wanted Adrian Amos. Okay, so, and those guys are fine players. They're not Tyron Matthew. Does does Veach deserve some criticism for the way this offseason's gone? Look, I, I think that's fair. They've had targets that they haven't been able to land. Now, is that necessarily his fault? Look, they got outbid on Trent Williams. 
with Juju Smith-Schuster, you know, my understanding is talking to a lot of people around the league, he kind of overshot his market a little bit. And I know it's out there that the Chiefs signed or offered him one and 11. My understanding is really that Baltimore, Kansas City, and Pittsburgh basically offered him the exact same contract. And he went back to Pittsburgh. Now, if you want to say the Chiefs should have just flat out outbid everybody, they should have done whatever it took. Okay, you can make that argument. That's fine. If that one, if that's your criticism of Veach, that's fine. Um, but I think it speaks to the fact nobody else offered him anything more than what the Chiefs offered. So the Chiefs clearly pegged his market correctly. With Trent Williams, they they went to the mat. I know this for a fact. The Chiefs were in that to the absolute end, almost got him. I believe in the end. He just was not going to leave San Francisco if San Francisco offered him the same money. Well, the Chiefs can't help it if San Francisco offered him record-setting money at left tackle. I mean, there's nothing the Chiefs uh, could have done. And there was an article on ESPN. Uh, maybe it came out today. I'm not sure, but I was reading it this morning. A little bit, kind of kind of like your Tooney piece where they went inside and they, somebody talked to Trent Williams about the deal. And like he thought he was going to Kansas City. And there was a big factor. And you re, if you read the article, aside from the money and the deal – he loves Kyle Shanahan. He he literally said, I, Kyle's family to me. Kyle's family is family to me. So Kyle Shanahan's done some work that Brett Veach, like, <laughs> Brett Veach is a stranger, right? Like, what's he supposed to do? The guy, the guy has ties to San sure. Francisco and to, sure. his, and, and to his coach. And, 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 then, and then you throw on top of that the fact that they made him the highest paid tackle. Like, what? What's Brett Veach supposed to do? Like, give him equity in the team? Well, and that, that's the thing. Like, you can want players. It doesn't mean they're going to sign with the team. And I think sometimes, well, and I'm not insulting Chiefs fans. I'm one of them. When you have the success that they've had, you do become jaded to the extent that you just, a lot of fans believe that it's just their God-given birthright. Like, why wouldn't they come here? We've been to the Super Bowl tiers and we have Mahomes. Why wouldn't they? Maybe Trent Williams wanted to live in San Francisco. Maybe he just wanted to play for Kyle Shanahan. Maybe he really enjoys the people that he's there with. That's possible. Juju Smith-Schuster came out flat out and was like, I just wanted to be in Pittsburgh. Okay. Like, there's nothing the Chiefs could have done. Now, with Josh Reynolds, my understanding is that the Chiefs had a set price. They were not going to go over with Josh Reynolds. And I don't blame him. Like, Josh Reynolds is, is, is fine. He's a number three. Josh Reynolds is not even McCall Hardman. Okay. Like, if, if, and cheap fans kill McCall Hardman all the time that he's not good enough. McCall Hardman and Josh Reynolds are essentially the same player. So I get it. Like, I understand the frustration if you're a Chiefs fan saying, why aren't we getting these guys? We've been in on these guys. We're not landing them. The Chiefs are not going to spend like drunken sailors on guys that they don't see worth it. But they have shown they were willing to spend record-setting money at tackle. They did spend record-setting money at guard in Joe Tooney. Say whatever you will with Kyle Long. Look, I don't think Kyle Long's the end-all, be-all, but he gives them a nice option. He gives them depth. He's a lot like the Colecio Semele signing. Now, it may not work out. He may end up getting hurt, whatever. There's no downside. So you bring in a guy. And the other thing that Chief fans do have to remember, their offensive line was easily the biggest problem last year. They're getting Duvernay Tardif and Niang back. It's like they right. added both those guys. Yeah. So – now, I'll say this. You know, my understanding with them going forward is they had a visit, because we're recording this on Thursday morning. We we know that they visited with Ingram on Wednesday, okay? I reported Ingram was in the building on Wednesday. My understanding is they had a good visit. Things went well. Right now, I'm told Ingram is still looking for a large multi-year deal. 
the Chiefs are waiting that out. They're in the mix, but I don't think the Chiefs wanted to give up the kind of money that Ingram and his camp are looking for right now. And that's not a slam on Ingram. He should be looking for that money, but he's going to weigh all his options, see if some teams will offer him what he wants. And if not, the Chiefs are going to be right there. Um, I don't blame the Chiefs for not offering a huge deal from Elvin Ingram. I, and, and I don't know that anyone's going to. If some team does, then he should take it. If they don't, the Chiefs will be right there. Um, with Kwan Williams, came in, did a visit, ends up signing with the 49ers. You don't know what happens in every one of these things, but you do wonder, look, he's had a lengthy injury history. He was hurt last year for a lot of the season. Were the Chiefs worried about, hey, can he hold up for 16 games? That's possible. In fact, that's, that's a real concern to have. Just like any team that signs Sammy Watkins should be worried right. about that. So yep. do I understand the the angst? Yes. But people who are just like outraged and think Veach has done a terrible job. Have you seen the team the last couple of years? <laughs> right. They're pretty good. Like They're all right. They're good. And their cap structure has been tremendous. They have a half dozen elite players under contract, including the highest paid player in North American sports, and they've got a ton of cap space. And don't forget, and I'll finish with this, if they don't end up spending this money, they can roll it all over for next season, which might be part of their thinking as well, because we don't know what the cap's going to be. you got a lot of unknown factors. How do, how do we bounce back from COVID? Right. New TV deals that are not yet, they're signed, but they're not yet in effect. You have the 17-game schedule, which might happen next year. So the Chiefs are putting themselves in a really good position as Mahomes' contract gets bigger, Kelsey's contract gets bigger. They now can roll this money over. That's a huge deal. Like if Kansas City can roll $20 million over next year, that puts them in play to be aggressive again next year too. So I, I, I will tell people I get it, but keep all that in mind. I think the Chiefs actually are positioned a lot better both this year and in the future and people are, are giving them credit for it. And for what? Because they didn't sign Josh Reynolds? I mean, guys, who cares? Like, Josh Reynolds is not making or breaking the 2021 Chiefs. He's really not. Yeah, they're looking, for a, they're looking for a number three receiver, essentially. There's a lot of guys out there still, guys that will be cut, that will be serviceable. And they got guys on their own team, too, that, you know, maybe maybe Byron Pringle steps up is in, is a, in that role and does a nice job with extended playing time. They've kept him on the team for a reason. Um, so it's, it's look, things, things change, everybody. Like, the, Brett Veach has... He's trying to win the Super Bowl every year, but he doesn't want to mortgage the future by making a bad free agency signing where somebody's going to get hurt. Now he's got a bunch of guaranteed money tied up in some guy. Even, well, I want to ask you this, Ferdinand. What do you think is more damaging? Whiffing on a draft pick or whiffing on an expensive free agent signing? Um, It depends, I guess, on the length of the contract. But Sure. Um, if it's if it's you know three years the free agency because it's it's always you don't ever want to whiff on a first round pick but teams whiff on per, first round picks all the time like that's just in it plus like like right now I know a lot of fans are well should they have drafted Clyde Edwards Alaire in the first round I would say that listen did they did they reach you know in the sense that do you ever want to draft a running back in the first round I'm I'm of the mind that you can always get a running back later. Yeah, but they got like Jerry Sneed in the fourth round. If you redrafted that draft, he would be a top 10, 15 pick all yeah. day. Yeah, like, and I get people go, yeah, but they could have had. Yeah, okay, great. 
They could have had well, they could have had a better first round pick and Jerry Sneed. Yeah, and you know what? If they if they had a crystal ball, they could just draft seven all pros every year. But like that's just not the way the world works. At the end of the day, they had a good draft. Like I get that people want to just bitch about it because it's it, well, it wasn't perfect. First of all, Edwards Alaire is a good player. Sneed is a really good player at a premier position. If they walk out of the draft with just that and a guy or two that can play special teams, it's a really good draft. If Lucas Niang turns out to be an above-average right tackle, that's a phenomenal draft. Yeah. Like, every time I talk to scouts or GMs, I shouldn't say every time, but when I've asked them this question about, you know, what do you constitute a successful draft? And I've had these conversations over the last couple of years. Most people will tell you, if you land two legitimate guys, two legitimate contributors on offense or defense in a draft, that is a good draft. You do better than that. That is a great draft. You're rare is the draft that you're going to land more than two guys who really legitimately have an impact. Now, like for an example, okay, to be, to be transparent, their 2018 draft was awful. Okay, and that was Veach's first draft. Nadi is the only good player out of that draft. Yeah. Okay, that draft stunk. Breland Speaks was a total bust. They didn't have a first-round pick. That draft was not good. However, the last two drafts, like, so two years ago, they drafted Thornhill, Hardman, and Fenton. Now, you could say, well, Hardman should be more than he gets. That's not a bad draft. They didn't even have a first-round pick. Right. That draft's fine. Like, you're not, and, and by the way, the Speaks draft, while it was terrible, they didn't have a first-round pick because they traded from Mahomes. Right. Like, <laughs> I mean, so you'll live. You won a Super Bowl. You won a I mean, Super who Bowl. Who cares? And then the 2020 draft, we obviously have to, have to see how it plays out. But Edwards Alaire is a top 10 running back. I get it's not a huge positional value, but he's a good player. Snead is an excellent young corner. Excellent. And if Niang works out, and we'll see with Willie Gay, by the way, too. I mean, he's someone who obviously has talent. We don't know how it will play out. But Mike Dana played well last year. That's a good draft. Yeah. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. But, yes, I, I think I think if you sign the big free agent and you whiff there – that hurts more because that just ties up so much space. And you're always inclined to give that guy every opportunity because you're paying him so much. And then you hurt yourself on the field as well. And they're expensive. And in, in a lot of situations, yep. they're older. I mean, when we're sitting here two years from now, say, and Trent Williams is 34, I wonder how that San Francisco deal is going to be looking to everybody. You know, I'm not saying he's not no, he's no. going to keep not play at a high level or that he's going to get hurt. I certainly don't wish that on him, but just just think about what it took to get him and think about if in 2 years he's banged up, they're paying out the nose for him. He's plays declining cuz he's older and the Chiefs got Lucas Nang and he's playing really well. And then they drafted a a, a great left tackle or a good left tackle in this draft. You're going to be looking back and being like, "Whew." I'm glad we didn't sign Trent Williams. You know what? I'm gonna, that's a great point. And, and and not because they may not have wanted Trent Williams. Trent Williams might be great for the next three years, and Chiefs might be bemoaning the fact that they didn't get him. But the point, the overarching point of sometimes things work out in a way that it ends up being all right. I could tell you firsthand, this has been out there. I'm not breaking this. The Chiefs really wanted to draft Paxton Lynch. They tried to trade up and draft Paxton Lynch. <laughs> they got outbid by Denver. You go back and look. Go look. Go search it on Google. Search on Twitter. There are a lot of Chief fans who were pissed. They did not get Paxton Lynch. And you know what? The next year, they ended up trading up and drafting Patrick Mahomes. Yep. Okay? Maybe maybe before we publish this 
podcast or you know go live that we should put in like a warning so people don't drive <laughs> off the street if they didn't know that story. Yeah, that's how. Cl- but like that. My, now my point is obviously Trent Williams is not Paxton Lynch, but my point is sometimes those things work out. Like I'll get so for this for this year for this example. Here's another thought. Let's say the Chiefs draft a left tackle thirty one. Whoever you want doesn't matter. Draft left tackle thirty one. Okay, the guy's maybe not Trent Williams, but it turns out to be like Eric Fisher. Just a really good, solid left tackle. You've got two rookie tackles now on cheap deals for four years. Yep. You can invest a fortune in other positions now because two positions that are usually very expensive and have been for the Chiefs over recent years are now very cheap. So sometimes it works. What if they draft a receiver in the second round? I, I can already hear people. Well, like McCall Hardman, what if they take DK Metcalf? Then what? Yep. Then you're probably pretty happy they didn't sign Josh Reynolds. Yeah. So I'm just, my, my point is, look, and you don't know. Maybe they draft two guys who stink. But you've got to wait and see. Nobody thought that Lejarius Sneed was going to matter. Well, it turns out he's really effing good. Like, so there is a little bit of – I do think that this front office, obviously, again, Veach at the top, has, has earned the right to say, hey, look, just trust us. Let's see how it plays out. And by the way, Go to, if you're if you're a better if you're into that type of thing, go to Vegas. The Chiefs are overwhelming favorites to win the Super Bowl, and their odds have gotten better since the beginning of free agency. And you know why they've gotten better? Not because the Chiefs have gotten that much better. Look around the AFC. Who's gotten better that matters? Now I'm not talking about the Jets, okay? Because I again, who matters? Buffalo didn't get any better. The exact same team. Tennessee didn't get any better. They added some guys. They lost a lot of guys as well. The AFC West. The Raiders got worse by. Any metric you want to go by. Far worse. Denver is trotting out Drew Locke. And the Chargers, I actually like what the Chargers did with Lindsley and with Filer coming in there on the offensive line, but they're not better than Kansas City by any stretch of the imagination. Who got better? Pittsburgh lost a lot of guys. Baltimore lost both edge rushers. Cleveland did a, a few minor things with the secondary, which I like. But Cleveland's not Kansas City yet. Like Kansas City, if you doubled Kansas City's odds to win the AFC, if you doubled and made them twice as bad as they are currently, the Chiefs are still the favorite in the AFC. Yeah. So just keep that in mind. Yeah, and I think somebody was talking to me on Twitter, and he was like, yeah, I think we just need to accept that the Chiefs are they're, it's a rebuilding year. They're building for 2022. Oh, is what he said. And I said, uh, No offense I said, what to that you- person, but what? I said, what are you talking about? I said, they were in the Super Bowl last year. I said, even even if they just went to the, even if they didn't have a draft, if they went in right now with the team that they have, they would be the favorites in the AFC and, and, and they'd have a really good shot to return to the Super Bowl. And he was like, that, he was like, that is, he said, that line of thinking is only if, is predicated upon the rest of the AFC not getting better. And I was like, listen, man, it isn't. It's predicated on the fact that the Chiefs are already really, really good. The rest of the AFC is worse than the Chiefs. So even if the rest of the AFC got better, they still might not be as good as the Chiefs because the Chiefs are already better than them. So and the Chiefs still have a draft and trades and, and a bunch of and, and, and guys who are going to develop. There is just at, like that line of thinking. If if you're in that headspace, I love you all, but you're totally spoiled. And you don't know what you're talking about. You're not thinking clearly. You're thinking with your heart and not with your head about you want the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl every year. You like this feeling. I like it. Hell, man, it's great. It's great the fact the Chiefs lost two games last year that they were trying to win. Unfortunately, one of them was the Super Bowl. Dude, this podcast was a breeze last year. 
I didn't have to struggle with whether or not I thought the Chiefs were going to win. All my picks were right. <laughs> it's just like, they're incredible. Get some perspective. Just get some perspective, folks. We've got a generational quarterback. We've got good young players on the football team. But we don't know. Lucas Nyang, Willie Gay. Clyde Edwards-Alaire was a rookie last year. Verderam just said he's a top 10 running back in the NFL. What do you think he might do this year? The Chiefs let Damian Williams walk. Or they cut him. But you know what I mean? That He's gone. Yeah, That's how, well, how good they feel about CEH. And here, here's my like litmus test role. So I, I tweeted this out. If, if you don't follow me on Twitter, I'll repeat it here. And I'll repeat it anyway. But So I went over the Chiefs' schedule for next year. Okay, I just did the 16 game. I know there might be a 17th game, which would be Kansas City hosting Green Bay. We just It hasn't been locked in yet. So let's put that aside for a second. Okay, Although it, it, still, it cha- does not change the, the narrative I'm, I'm presenting and asking about. Here's the Chiefs. If you don't know, here's the Chiefs schedule next year. So obviously you have the, the six divisional games home and away. The, in the AFC, the Chiefs will play the AFC North. They are going to host Pittsburgh and Cleveland. They'll be visiting Baltimore and Cincinnati. Their other two AFC games, because their first place opponents, um, are at Tennessee and home to Buffalo. And in the NFC, they get the NFC East, where they will host the Giants and Cowboys. They will visit the Eagles and the football team. Now, I know, you know, if you're just trying to process that in your mind, that's maybe not the easiest thing in the world. Who are they an underdog against next year? If the season started tomorrow, who are they an underdog against? I would posit they are not an underdog in any game they play next season going into the year. Baltimore on the road is about the closest you'd get. because, And if you wanted to include the Green Bay game, they would not be an underdog in that game. They're at home. If they were in Green Bay, they'd be an, they'd be an underdog probably two or three points. Right, but I'm guessing they'd be a probably three point favorite at home against Green Bay. They are not an like I don't know that there's any other team in the league that could make this statement. I'd have to look at Tampa Bay's schedule. Maybe they'd be in there. Kansas City literally is not an underdog. Will not be an underdog in in one game at at the beginning of the season, barring some kind of injuries to what they currently have. I don't know. Like if you're a Chiefs fan, you're upset about this week. I get it. Tell me this. Who would you trade spots with in the AFC? Like the NFC, okay, you want to go, oh, well, Tampa because they beat us. Fine. I got to be honest with you, I wouldn't even trade spots with Tampa. I think Tampa, great year. And, and this is not a knock. They were incredibly healthy. They have a 44-year-old quarterback who, as great as he is, look, even by the end of last year, he was not good in the playoffs. Like to me, would I rather be the Chiefs with a 25-year-old Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, I would be. Like, there's not a team in the world I would trade them for right now, both this year and for the future. So I get the angst. But keep in mind, look, I'm from New York, okay, which I'm sure everyone knows now by hearing me speak for 30 seconds. I grew up as an Oakland A's fan in baseball, still am, okay? The reason I bring this up is, as a kid, I would listen to WFAN in New York and listen to Yankee fans call up around the trade deadline and be absolutely devastated that they didn't get a third left-handed reliever. And how could how could Brian Cashman do this to us? And we're so screwed. This is BS. You know, it's not right. Meanwhile, as an A's fan, the A's barely could field the team, right? <laughs> yeah. But like, here are the Yankees. Well, we don't have a third left-handed all-star coming out of the pen. Well, that's BS. That's not, How are we ever going to get... I got to be honest, Chief fans, you kind of sound like that this week. Like, it really, it's okay. It really is. Like we don't have a third receiver. You have Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Right. It's fine. 
But don't worry about it. You know how many teams would take McCole Hardman as their third passing option? Yeah. Almost anybody. They're, they're fine. And they have Edwards Alaric can catch the ball. And I wouldn't be shocked if they brought back Demarcus Robinson either, by the way. Which, like, Jay, whatever you want. He's 500 yards in the bike. It's fine. They're, they're fine. I, I would not freak out. Yeah, the offense is more than fine. And, you know, we're, we're also, remember, when Mahomes joined the team, they already had Tyreek Hill. They already had Travis Kelsey. We haven't seen them really, like, you know, it's going to be interesting to see them go after receivers now that they know a lot about Mahomes. They know a lot about their offense, how it works best how that all fits together, see them start adding pieces that they think are going to be really good fits with, with Patrick Mahomes and the kind of offense that they want to run. Obviously they, they added Hardman, but this, I just think it's, I think it could be really fascinating to see what Veach does with some of those moves. Now that he knows his offensive personnel, how it works, uh, really looking forward to potential offensive development. Uh, it, it may never be as quite as good as it is right now. I mean, my my goodness, Tyree Kill is just ridiculous. And he, Hall of Famer Travis Kelsey. But who knows? We've seen these great quarterbacks turn average guys into big free agent acquisitions for other teams because they're great quarterbacks. It's just kind of hard to break through because you've got Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey there. So you just it's going to be interesting. I'll say that. I, I think, look. If you're going to Kansas City, and I do think this is part of the problem with them in terms of landing receivers this offseason, it's a hard sell. And I know that sounds weird because it's like, well, we have Mahomes. Sure. You also have Kelsey and Hill. Like, I don't care who you are. You know you're walking in there as the third banana. You just are. I don't care if you're Juju Smith-Schuster, if you're T.Y. Hilton, obviously if you're Josh Reynolds. If you're Josh Reynolds, you're maybe the fourth guy. Like, you have to understand. And by the way, my understanding with Josh Reynolds was that was a big part of the reason. Was he thought he could be a number two in Tennessee with A.J. Brown there, and that's it. Hmm. Kansas City. like People say, well, we need help at wide receiver, too. Y- yeah, technically, but Kelsey's a receiver. I mean, let, let's just be honest. I mean, right. he is a tight end, but he is a wide receiver on the Chiefs. They are not. like. When's the last time you're like, man, you know, Travis Kelsey's always been doing a, a lot of inline blocking in this game. <laughs> Right. I mean, right. Come on. Like he'll do it occasionally, but he is a wide receiver. They split him out to use him all over the field. So if you're a receiver going there, you're gonna be their third receiver. That's just it. You're and and by the way, for people that are losing it over that, like I understand the angst, but I also would say to you, their third receiver in the playoffs, you guessed it, was McCole Hardman last year. And they absolutely pantsed Buffalo. It didn't matter. Kelsey and Hill combined for 300 yards in that game. Like It just made no difference. Sammy Watkins wasn't on the field for those games in the playoffs. They beat Cleveland with Chad Henney for half the damn game. Like It's just, I get it, but guys, this team, as long as Mahomes and Kelsey and Hill are upright and they can block at all, they're going to win. They're just going to win. They have Reed. They have complimentary pieces. They're just so talented. That they're going to win far more often. And now they add Tooney, which, by the way, and this is where I think we should segue into this. The, the offensive line last year was a wreck. And the, the cut of Fisher and the cut of Schwartz, well, it makes sense because Schwartz probably retiring, not 100%, but probably leaning that way. Fisher coming off the torn Achilles. And by the way, I'll throw this out there. Don't be shocked if Eric Fisher ends up back in Kansas City. Yeah. Don't, don't, I, I, 
I would almost feel like it's more likely that they bring him back than they go out and sign Okung, who's had injuries, and Villanueva, who really started to fall off last year. I would not be shocked at all if Kansas City brings back Eric Fisher. Um, I think that's very much an option. But um, and, and that's in conjunction with drafting left tackle. I, I'm not saying that it would just be Fisher coming back, and it, I, I think they would also still draft left tackle. But I think that that options on the table. Their problem last year was not their tackles. I know in the Super Bowl, everybody focuses on the Super Bowl, but forget that for a minute. Their problem was their guards stunk last year. Andrew Wiley and Nick Allegretti, God love them, they tried. They were just not good enough. Their guards were turnstiles last season. I'm pretty sure as we're doing this podcast, Grady Jarrett just sacked Mahomes again. Okay. Getting Tooney and bringing back Duvernay Tardif and signing long, those are huge differences huge. And if Austin Ryder comes back as their center, I would I would say watching him last year, Ryder was league average. He will be better because he's not between two guys who struggle. He's between two guys who are really good. Like, yeah. that's a huge difference at center. So I would say that. And the Chiefs are not going to be worse at right tackle. Schwartz didn't play last year. So they're either going to be the same with Remmers or Niang's an upgrade. You just got to figure out left tackle. They're not in bad position at, at, on the offensive line, not nearly as much as it's made out to be. All right, we're going to take a quick break. On the other side, we're going to get a little more specific on some of these signings, and we're going to talk about our man Dirty Dan coming back to Kansas City. This is the Arrowhead right. Addict Podcast. <laughs> All right, we are back. Arrowhead Addict Podcast, free agency. So... Let's just hit on Tooney real quick. We talked about him a bit already. You released a really terrific article on fansided.com behind the scenes of that deal getting done. I, I just thought it was one of the best things that you've done. It, it was just so interesting for me, just not even just as a Chiefs fan, but as a football fan, to see how these deals come together and the, and the negotiating and what the agent's thinking and all this stuff and the, the goals of the player. I thought it was pretty fascinating. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, and thank you. No, so I... Yeah, I, I talked to Mike McCartney, who is Joe Tooney's agent, also the agent for Mitchell Schwartz. Um, and Mike's a great guy based here in Chicago. We chatted for about an hour on Saturday, um, and he gave me the minute-by-minute minute breakdown. And so essentially what happened was Joe Tooney um, was, was set to hit free agency last year and got tagged about 30 minutes before free agency started. If you remember last year, the CBA was in flux, and so it was this weird thing where you could tag a guy right to the start of free agency – they expected to the market and they couldn't. Um, that's at the stage. He had a very good year again this year. He's played five years in New England, never missed a snap. So he hits free agency as the top guard in the market by a pretty wide margin. And once tampering opened at noon Eastern time, 11 Central, um, the Chiefs called immediately. Said, look, we want, we want to sign him. He's our top target. We want to get a deal done. Um, and McCartney said, great, we want a three-year deal. Because McCartney's thinking was we want to be able to hit free agency again uh, when he's 31 years old. He's 28 now. And the cap will be exploding because of the new TV money, everything else. And she said, no, we really want a five-year deal. So McCartney said, look, send me offers. Four years, five years. Let's start the, you know, I'll take a look. We'll see if we can figure something out. But he said, if it's going to be five years, he needs to be the highest paid interior offensive lineman in NFL history. And the Chiefs said, okay, we'll get back to you. They did. They sent a four-year offer, which is a good offer, I'm told. Uh, and then, the, But McCartney said, when we saw the five-year offer, we knew right away that it was, it was worth going that route. Obviously, it ended up being five years, $80 million. And so it's $16 million a year. 
No interior offensive lineman had ever gotten more than 14.1. So she's blew it out of the water. The interesting detail in that deal is it's really three years and then two team options. And so how it works is next year, by the third day of the new league year, which this year would have been like March 19th, Tooney's third year in the contract becomes fully guaranteed, which is very rare with offensive linemen on the interior. That that does not normally happen. But but McCartney basically said, if you're going to get five years, and I've got to guarantee at least three full years here. And so the Chiefs are essentially locked in, barring something catastrophic uh, for three years, and then they can kind of pay as they want. Um, so that that's really interesting. There's some some little notes in there that I, I find fascinating. But also one thing that really was was a key nugget, I thought, in the lead-up to free agency, of course, these teams, they can't talk to uh, the, the agents and whatnot. It, it, it'd be tampering. But, the, you know, in McCartney's case, he's a veteran agent. He's been doing this for 20 years. And he said, look, you know, I, I – went to Joe and said, I think these teams might be interested based off of their cap space and their needs. And I want to do some research and some background. And for Kansas City, who he identifies as one of the teams, he's like, I want you to talk to Mitchell Schwartz. Schwartz went to bat for the Chiefs and said, this is what you're going to get at one Arrowhead Drive. This is what you're going to get in Kansas City. McCartney said it was a big reason. Of course, the money, yes. But it was a big reason. It was a big help on selling Tooney on going to Kansas City. Um and I thought it was cool. Mitch Schwartz retweeted the piece. Um, he, despite getting cut, a huge reason that she's able to get Joe Tooney. He has been actively saying, hey, look, you know, th- this is a great place to go play. And so that that's kind of synopsis. I would encourage anybody, you want to go read it. I, I have it pinned on my Twitter profile. It's on Fanside. If you just Google my name and Joe Tooney, I'm sure it'll come up immediately. Um, really interesting. It was really, really interesting. The Chiefs want him bad. They got him. The Chargers were interested. The Pats want him back. The Jets want him. The Bengals want him. Ultimately, the Chiefs were the ones who uh, went out and were most aggressive and landed Tooney. The entire negotiation took three hours and 59 minutes. At 2.59 Central, Joe Tooney agreed to sign with the Chiefs. What an absolute – one really just a really cool story, but Mitchell Schwartz, man. Talk about an assist. Man helped us win a Super Bowl, and now yeah, he's you know, he got cut. And he's out there getting guys to 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 sign in free agency and doing recruiting for the team. Uh, I, I'm sure Brett Veach is 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 um, he may not be sending him a paycheck anymore, but you know maybe sending a bottle or something over to to Mitchell Schwartz's house to help him out with his recovery. So great signing for the Chiefs. I think we all everybody was very excited about that one. The other one that's a little bit more controversial was the Kyle Long signing, just because he'd been out of football for a year. Came back. Uh, I believe he was a two-time Pro Bowler. Is that correct? Um, can't remember off the top of my head. Three times. Three times. Three times. Okay. Three-time Pro Bowl. 2013, 2014, 2015. Got it. So a lot of people are like, ah, he's old. We're putting all our eggs in another old guy's basket. How do you feel about the Kyle, the Kyle Long signing? I don't see there being any, any downside. I mean, um, you know, I, I look at it and I say, so it's it's one year, one and a half million. Now I want to I want to give out. I was told this the other day um, from a, a league source. It was re- it was really interesting. So if you sign a player for one year and one point seven five million, one point seven five million or less, it doesn't count against your compensatory pick formula. The Chiefs signed Kyle Long for one point five million, so it doesn't count against your comp pick formula. There's incentives you can get the five million. 
which if he got to all those, she should be thrilled. That means he played and he was great. Um, I don't see why there's any downside to it. Like, what, what is the worst case scenario? He gets hurt and doesn't play or he just isn't good anymore? Okay, fine. I'm also told by multiple sources that Long has a lot of interest in playing right tackle. Now, I don't know that that's going to happen in Kansas City. I, I think it's nice he has the versatility, but I'm, I'm told from someone close to the team that he was brought in to play guard. So he will he will compete at guard. He has the versatility and the interest to play a tackle. By the way, Joe Thune also um, interested in playing center as well. Uh, not, not that he is expected to play there. He will play guard, but he could slide over. My point is, you have versatility now. Um, I don't think if you're if you're the Chiefs, like why not? If you, you let him and Duvernay Tardif compete, whoever's better wins the job. Whoever loses is a hell of a backup, and you move forward. Like I, I don't see any downside to it at all. Um, and if the Chiefs, if Long looks amazing, and Duvernay Tardif is just really playing out of his mind, which I don't look, I I kind of doubt this whole scenario. But if it were to happen. The Chiefs could theoretically go, you're both playing guard and Thune's going to play center. I, mean, I, I don't think that would happen, but is it is it possible? Yeah, it's possible. Um, but I, I believe that look, those, you know, uh Tooney will be a left guard. And then, you know, they've got an extended offer out right now to Ryder. They're kind of waiting on him to get back to the Chiefs, but they have an offer out to him. So if he signs it, he'll be back as their center. But I think it'll be LDT and long. Competing at, at right guard, Remmers and Yang at right tackle. I don't think it's a bad thing at all for the Chiefs. If it doesn't work out, fine. Who cares? You don't lose anything. I, I have no issue with it. Yeah, I like it. Big upside play for the Chiefs on the interior. Uh, let's talk about Melvin Ingram. So he comes to town. Chiefs fans very familiar with Melvin Ingram. Down season last year, though, getting getting a little long in the tooth. Uh, had some injuries. I think he played, what, seven games, no sacks last year for the Chargers. He comes to town, he visits, he leaves without a contract. Have you heard anything on Ingram? Do you think that she should try to make it happen? I mean, just essentially with Ingram, he's a guy who came in for a visit. I was told uh, by someone close to Chiefs going into the visit, look, they, they did not expect to sign him that day or even this week because Ingram does have a lot of suitors. He wants to go through the market, kind of see how things play out. Um, my understanding is he's hoping to get a, a, a good-sized multi-year contract. The Chiefs are kind of waiting to see how the market shakes. Um, you know, the, the good side of bringing a, a, a vet for a visit, whether it's Ingram or anybody else, is you can do the medicals. You can, you can have the conversations in person, kind of, you know, hey, here's what we have to offer. Here's what's going on. Look, Melvin Ingram has been in the AFC West for a decade. He's pretty pretty familiar with the Chiefs. I don't think you know there was a, a whole lot to learn other than, hey, look, let's go over the medicals. He was hurt last year. I'm told the visit went very well. The, the, the Chiefs, basically, their expectations were met in the meeting. Um, and now they will proceed as, as, as they expected to, essentially monitoring how things go with Melvin Ingram. Um, and, and they're going to be in the mix to sign him. You know, if he if he ends up getting a huge multi year offer, the Chiefs probably aren't that team. But if they can end up getting him at a at a not a not a bargain basement price, but you know, a lesser price than maybe he's looking for right now, I think that's probably a good um, thought if you're looking for where the Chiefs are at right now. So, like Kansas City had K1 Williams in. Obviously, he's now back with the Niners. Melvin Ingram, we'll see. 
But the, the visit from a source that I talked to said it went well. It went well, and it, it was what they expected it to be. I think it could be a really interesting signing uh, if they can, if you know, if it makes sense for the team. A little bit more edge pressure, especially if he's right. I love it. Speaking of defense, our guy, Dirty Dan Sorensen, returns. I, I saw some Chiefs fans on Twitter actually have the audacity to be upset about this. I, I was just like, I was beside myself. Um, you and I have talked about Dirty Dan and how important he is to this team and the plays that he makes for this team over and over and over again. I There's one guy just kept saying, he's not good. He was tweeting, he's not good. He's not a good player. They shouldn't have brought him back. And I'm like, have you watched Dan Sorensen play? Like, he's is he Tyron Matthew? No. Is he perfect for what the Chiefs use him for? He's, for, for what they use him for, he's, fantastic right they signed him for a year and his cap hit is like 1.3 million dollars and i love right. this and I, I apologize if the person i'm i'm about to um rail against is, is you listening don't be the guy or gal who's like you know i just really wanted anthony harris in that spot he's the third safety you're not signing an all pro to come in and be a third safety Come on. Daniel Sorensen, for what he does, is fine. I don't want him to be a starter on the Chiefs, although he can moonlight here and there. But I don't I don't want him as a starter. He's overwhelmed as a starter. But when they bring in Daniel Sorensen as a third safety, I'll challenge anybody on the podcast who's listening. Go find me five third safeties who are better than Dan Sorensen. Go find them. Good luck. Most teams are trotting out guys like Armani Watts. That's it. There, in fact, a lot of teams would think Dan Sorensen is a starter. Like I, and I, and I, I wouldn't. I don't think he's a starting level player. But I do think it's a third safety. And by the way, a hell of a guy on special teams. If you're Kansas City, that's a no brainer. Like why wouldn't you sign him? By the way, I'm also told that they're still in conversations with Prashad Breeland um, as a guy they could possibly bring back as well. I'm told that those conversations are nothing imminent. Nothing, nothing that's going to happen like yesterday, but the, the line of communication is open. They, they are willing to, to keep that, that uh, as an option. So, look, I, I, I get it. Like Dan's not a flashy guy. He's not, he's not fast. But I'll tell you what. Over the last two years, the two Super Bowl runs, go show me a guy that's had a bigger impact on them outside of the obvious, like the big-time stars. I mean, I'm not talking about Mahomes or Kelsey. Who's had a bigger impact on their on their runs to the Super Bowl than, than Daniel Sorensen has? It, I mean, you could make a list. I'll tell you, it's not a long one. They would not have beaten the Houston Texans in the playoffs if not for Daniel Sorensen. It's not even arguable. Like they would not have won that game without the way he played. And then last year makes a huge play against Cleveland. Two years ago, three years ago now, in the AFC title game against New England. He picked off Brady in the fourth quarter. He also had a huge stop on a fourth and one late in that game to, to get the Chiefs the ball back. Daniel Sorensen has been running a lot in the playoffs. Now, other than that, look, he's but he's fine. He's a good, reliable player. I love that they brought him back, honestly. I was very happy they brought him back. Yeah, he's great. I'm excited. I'm excited he's back. He's a key member of that team. When you hear guys like and leaders like Tyron Matthew on Twitter saying, hey, don't ever leave out Dirty Dan. Dirty Dan's a big part of this. Uh, I think uh, I think that's something that you should 
it listened to because these guys are playing with them and they know how important he is to the team. All right, we've been yapping for a while. Before we go, Vertram, I saw this on Twitter this morning. I know you saw it too. They've released little Debbie's got cereals now. I think I've said yeah. they've got they've got like the oatmeal cream pie cereal, which I haven't bought yet, but I think I just need to just buckle down and, and do it. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. They released cosmic brownie cereal. Now, if you're if you're if you're if you're if you're a little Debbie person, a candy person, you've seen the cosmic brownies, even if you haven't bought them. Got the just fudge brownie, got the the the, the sprinkles on top. What's what's your take on the cereal? Incredible. Have you, have you had it, or are you just it's no, incredible that no, it exists? I, yeah. No, it's incredible that it exists. I've not had it, which I'm, I'm irate about. Um, some guy on Twitter immediately was like, because I, I said that I would I would die for a box of this, and the guy's like, well, then just go buy the cereal. And I'm like, I'm working on it, man. <laughs> yeah, Calm Jesus. down. Like, <laughs> rein it in, it, you know? But I, no, I'm jacked. If I see Cosmic Brownie cereal anywhere, it's coming home. And I'm taking the rest of the day off, and I and I expect fan sides to just understand. Look, I I need yeah. to find that box this year. I don't know where it's sold. In fact, I'm gonna while we're sitting here, I'm gonna find this out because it's important. I know people come here for the Chiefs. I get it, but let's be real. If you're still listening to this podcast and you've been listening for a while, you also come for the food takes. Yeah. Um, and and I don't and I'm not here to let anybody down. By the way, I typed in cosmic, and the next thing that came up in Google is cosmic brownie cereal. Where to buy? Which proves <laughs> which proves that we're being watched at all times. Yeah, um, yeah, but I need to, I need to find this. Um, it's just man. so exciting, you know. It's it's, it's, um, it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I, I got they've got the oatmeal cream pie cereal at at uh, at Walmart, and I keep walking by right. it. And I, you know, so oh. this is I, I'm sorry, but this is important. Okay. So, yeah. uh, Kellogg's is releasing it in May. Comes out right. in May. Um. Like I'm so excited. Um, <laughs> I, I'm very, very happy about this news. Um, we will, we will keep on this because that's going to be the dead period after the draft. Yeah. If, if, listen, I'm going to be straight up with the listeners right now. Come like mid-May. Expect food takes and a lot of them because I don't know. Like, I'm not going to pander. And just and just be a shill and try to waste everybody's time for an hour talking about like the third string center on the Chiefs. Nobody needs right. that in their life. Okay. Yeah. I don't know that the Chiefs care about that. I I am gonna fill up time by talking about how I'm trying to basically retire by selling a, a handful of basketball cards, which <laughs> my God, the market is just I've never sold a card in my life. I probably own about twenty five thousand. Okay. I, I, for, over oh God, I don't know. Between all four major sports. And I and I would say, I've got cards ranging from like 1909 to today, and I've never sold one, and I won't sell any of my vintage baseball. I just I have a personal attachment to them. Basketball I never cared about, and my God, if you're listening to this and you have basketball cards that you think might be worth some money, and you're just like I don't really care, I'd sell them. Sell them now, so that yeah. like my God, it is unbelievable. Uh, that's that's clearly the ticket to retirement. I, so that, that people are buying that. cards that don't even exist. Oh yeah, I got you right, right. These virtual digital cards, right? It, top shot. I think it's. Yeah. I'm not talking about that, but it's. You know, you know, and I'll I'll shut up, but I'll leave it on this. I was going through my basketball card binder because I just have so many cards at this point in my life that I was like, look, I I really would actually my honest first thought, not that I'm a great guy or anything, but my first thought was, 
I like to just get them to somebody and put them in their hands, like somebody who really cares about them. Because I just, as much as I'm a Knicks fan, I don't care about basketball. I like of my like 25 binders worth of cards, like one of them is a basketball binder. So I had a card that I bought in high school for like $25. And it was a, one of these, like if you're familiar with the concept, like a dual jersey card of Michael Jordan and LeBron James. It was numbered to 100. And I just was like, oh, cool. I'll look it up on eBay. Maybe it's worth now like 100 bucks. I won't say the exact amount I sold it for, but it was it was significantly more than $100. It was, it was more than $500. The reason I bring wow. this up is uh, it was insane. I honestly, Patrick, I, I listed for $99 as a bid, and it just went insane. So I started looking through my binder, and I have this one card of James Harden where he just is like staring off into space in an Arizona State uniform, and it's his rookie card. And again, I looked this up. It's going on, I haven't sold it yet, but it's going on eBay ungraded for like $500. If you get the card graded, which costs about 100 bucks, it sells for like $1,700. I was like, this is bonkers. Yeah. Like, it's a freaking card. So yeah. I sent off that and three other cards to get graded. Um, one one Harden rookie, two Kevin Durant rookies, and a, and a card number to 999 of Kobe dunking over Durant. I will keep people apprised, I, but if, if I just all of a sudden just come off, like I just disappear from the podcast, it's because I've retired. Days are numbered. Yeah, just. But my God, if you have if you have basketball cards you care about, head to eBay. It's yeah. it's unbelievable. I got a bunch of baseball cards, and they're mostly just like there was they you know there was that like baseball card boom in like the early nineties, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. they just released yeah. like. None of them are special, I don't think. Like nobody cares, but there's there's they're too common. Maybe I've got some football cards that could be interesting, but that was still around that that same time. So, yeah, I think you're right. Sell them now because these things go in waves, right? Like yeah, remember, everybody people are paying hundreds of dollars for Beanie Babies and crap. Like as as soon as people don't care about this anymore and it passes, and everybody's you got all these young kids are interested in like assets and the, the stock market and everything that's been going on with COVID. Everybody's home and they're bored. Like the, the 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 NBA Top Shot stuff, I've been watching that. I signed up for it, and I haven't bought anything. Because you have to, like, they drop these card packs, and they cost, you know, right. a couple hundred bucks. And, and I'm just, and, the, and then you try to you get a pack, and you open it, and then you try to sell it on their secondary market. And I'm like, you know, the second I buy, the second I drop 200 bucks, this NBA Top Shot thing's going to be over. Like, yeah. nobody's going to buy my cards. <laughs> I'm just going to have some useless like digital card of like, you know, pr- probably not even anybody good. I'll have like a, you know, a, a Zydrunas Olgauskas. He was pretty good cast player, but like, yeah, big Z, but like, come on, like that's what I'll get. I'll get something like that that nobody cares about. And, uh, and that'll be it. And then I'll, I'll put it on the secondary market and I'll, you know, I'll lose 80% of my investment. So it's, uh, it's crazy. Yeah. Like I, I always collected cards since I was a little kid. Cause I just enjoy it. I never did it as an investment. I just, I like cards. I love sports history. So I, I collected a ton of vintage baseball cards. Um, but like all my basketball cards, I just got out of packs. Like I'd just be at target, you know, I'd be a 16 year old. Oh, what the hell? I'll get a you know a couple packs of tops cards, whatever. I never, I never once bought a card as an investment. Still never have. Um, and I and I hope my my story of the Jordan LeBron thing. I don't mean to come off like I'm being like an arrogant pompous. Like, oh, I sold it for. My point is like I'm trying to tell you as all of my friends here who listen to the podcast. For the love of God, if you have a card you don't care about and you're like, you know what, I could use a hundred bucks, like whatever, to fix something in the house or to buy. It is unbelievable. Like I, 
I could not believe going on there and seeing some of the prices. Like buying it, I can't even imagine. There's no way in, in a million years I'd buy a car now on eBay. But the prices are just nuts. Like, even this year, right? Like, like Lamelo Ball, who's probably well, he would have been the rookie of the year. Now he's hurt. His rookie card is selling for like fifty, sixty dollars. Like he's Lamelo Ball. Like, <laughs> like who cares? Yeah. It, 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 it's bonkers. It is absolutely crazy. I just I am blown away by the whole thing. But yeah, so in May, you can look forward to, yes, Chiefs talk, of course, but also um, we'll follow my journey and see how this thing goes. And if I get if the bubble burst and I end up with a bunch of graded cards I can't sell. Um, we'll talk about Cosmic Brownie cereal. Yep. And uh, I'm, God knows what else. What other, whatever, whatever else happens. You know, maybe if, if, if COVID lifts at that point, we can go to a ballpark. Like, maybe I'll go get one of those ridiculous creations that they make. Like, you know, a 10-pound oh, yeah. thing of nachos. Yep, yep, yep. And I'll just become physically ill in the bleachers at Wrigley. Like, whatever. We'll go nuts. Let's go all in. Let's have some fun uh, in the off season. We'll, we'll, we'll keep bringing the cheese talk. Don't worry. But, uh, yeah. Oh, of course. Stay, stay for the food takes. Stay for the debauchery. <laughs> all right, y'all. I, gotta, I was given whiskey takes, by the way. I asked you guys for whiskey recommendations, and I didn't see any in the reviews. So I'm going to just, as I tell you, that if you like this podcast, you can support us by... First of all, buy some Manscaped with the code FANSIDE20. But also, leave us reviews over on Apple, Apple Podcasts. I want those whiskey reviews and bourbon reviews and rye reviews. I need to know what I need to try and what I haven't had yet. There's a great liquor store by where I'm living now, so I'm going to check that out. Head over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us those five-star reviews. It really helps the podcast. It helps more Chiefs fans find this podcast. You guys have been great. Our numbers have been holding steady throughout the off season. Couldn't appreciate that more. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at, at R. Patrick Allen. He's at, at Matt Verderam. You can follow uh, Arrowhead Addict, of course, at, at Arrowhead Addict. Make sure you check out Sterling Holmes and Matt Connors' version of this show, which comes out on Sunday nights. And we'll be back next Thursday, and maybe I will have bought a, a box of Little Debbie Oatmeal Cream Pie cereal, and, and I'll have a review for you. Uh, so buckle up. All right. Thank you for listening, everybody. We really appreciate it. And as always, go Chiefs. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.